Hi, and welcome to The Terror Test. I'm Eric. And I'm John. And as fans of horror, our goal is to weigh the merits of films based on three categories. Production, monster quality, and scare factor to decide whether to admit them into our sacred horror canon. In this podcast, we'll put horror movies to the test to determine what to watch next, what's worth revisiting, and what to recommend to the uninitiated. Number two pencils ready? And begin. Bonjour. Bonjour. Uh, would you like a croissant? <laughs> a baguette? <laughs> <laughs> We're in France this week. Oui. Um, we are watching two movies, um, Diabolique um, and High Tension. So this is, we're kind of nearing the end of our semester abroad. Yep. It's been a good one. Yeah. It's been a long semester, but we have, man, I feel like we've really, I don't know, accomplished a lot. Yeah. It's yeah. good. I mean, I, I think we've covered a lot of ground with, with these uh -huh. movies with the semester abroad. I'll be like, I will be happy to get back to, because uh, we were, before we hit record, we were talking about the list of movies that we want to watch this summer and into the fall for mm -hmm. um, the next installment of the terror test. And I'm excited to get back to some American ones. Yeah. It's a lot be, of new it'll, stuff. It'll be good, good to return home. Yeah. Just like when you are on a long trip, you know, yeah. it's always, always nice to come back home. Kiss the ground a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Cool. Well, let's uh, get started then. Uh, yeah. We're going to start with Diabolique, um, which was released in 1955, directed by Henri... Georges Clouseau, written by Pierre Boileau, Thomas Narkajak, Henri Georges Clouseau, Jerome Geronimi, uh, sorry for all this, uh, starring Vera Clouseau as Christina, Simone Sigurnet as Nicole, Paul Marus as Michel, and Charles Vanel as Fichet? Fichet? He's the detective? Yeah. Fichet? Sure. Sure. Detective. <laughs> he's actually, he's my favorite character out of the whole thing. Is he? Thing. Yeah. Well, let's get into production yeah. and we can talk, start with him. All right, so production. The film is timeless in the power and effectiveness of its writing, direction, acting, cinematography, special effects, iconography, and portrayal of its subject matter. Um, so yeah, we can start with characters. I, um, he was the most entertaining for me. He reminded me of the detective in like the exorcist. Yes. Kinderman. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I, I think that's maybe down. why I liked him so much because he kind of plays sort of like a loof slash like a mm -hmm. fumbling. Yeah. Rune. But he knows exactly what he's doing. He's yes. like disarming the people that he's trying to investigate. So he makes his appearance. <laughs> yes. And so I, I really like that, um, that archetype. Yes. I think it's, it's really, it's really fun to watch. Yeah. And it was, it, so thinking about timelessness of it, it, that was the character that felt timeless to me. Um, I think also that the principal, um, you'll have to refresh me on the names. Um, uh, Michelle. Yeah. He's, the husband. Yeah. Mm -hmm. He was awful. Yeah. I mean, like, not necessarily, like, awful actor. It's just I was really put off by him as a character. Yeah. And, they, I, and you're supposed to. They did a great job making him a repulsive person. Absolutely. From the beginning. Yeah. Like, he's physical with both his wife um, and the other teacher. Mm -hmm. And, oh, man, it, and he basically rapes his wife in the beginning. Yeah. yeah. It's very off-putting, which is supposed to happen, but... Mm -hmm. 
Um, yeah, I think there is this kind of unsettling uh, feeling throughout the movie that I really liked. Um, this was reportedly a very uh, influential film on Alfred Hitchcock. Um, they were sort of uh, colleagues slash rivals at the time. Uh, this is actually our first movie that we reviewed from the 1950s, if you can believe it. Hmm. We've just kind of beaten around. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so it came out five years before Psycho, and this was said to have heavily influenced Psycho, um, even the way that it was marketed. Um, Hitchcock took some of those ideas um, about not, don't tell your friends what you just saw, yeah, you know? Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, I guess, um, you know, other than the fact that both of these movies um, are French, uh, one thing that really unites them is the twist ending. Mm -hmm. And so I think this is a pretty masterful twist. I agree. The uh, So I watched this one with Kristen, and she caught on right away to what was happening. She reads and watches much more like true crime and mystery mm -hmm. stuff. Than I do. Um, I didn't really. Yeah, I can't say that I really saw that coming. Yeah. At the end, it should like now. It's like oh, it's obvious, but I, I didn't really see that twist. And it's the kind of ending, with it not being dead. It's the kind of ending that um, it respects the intelligence of the audience because you can go back and like after watching the ending, you can rewatch it and see clues. Mm -hmm. um, and that's not always the case with twist endings. <laughs> and we'll talk more about <laughs> yeah, that later. Say. Um, but it, it just proves that this is, it's very well written and um, the mystery behind it, I think is, is it's very suspenseful and the suspense is um, it's pretty consistent throughout. I, if someone saw this and, and, and said the movie was slow I would have a hard time arguing with them because it is a slower paced film. And since this movie has been so influential, a lot of the movies that have kind of ripped this off have, you know, they just are faster paced. And so it may seem a little familiar to, well, you know, Kristen who has watched several versions of this story be retold. Um, but I, I think the, the writing, the acting, I think it still has a lot of power to it. Um, and I think especially the last 10 minutes are just superb horror filmmaking. Yeah, I, I would agree. I mean, the, the part in the bathtub is probably the creepiest moments to me. But yeah, in terms of production, absolutely. there's a build of that tension beyond the characters, like with the sound effects. Like one moment that sticks out to me is um, um, it's when she's uh, searching for him and thinks that she he's out on the street and so you hear these footsteps throughout several several different sequences mm. of her it's mm -hmm. not just like a single shot with a footprint foot, foot running around mm -hmm. um but it like builds it escalates and that those footprints become like i'm part of the action or footsteps sorry mm -hmm. become like part of the action and i really like that yeah that sound um the ending is it's very surreal and I, yeah. I loved it. It's, yeah. it's weird. Um, you're not quite sure what you're seeing until all of a sudden everything clicks and it makes sense. Right, right. Um, when she starts having a heart attack. Yeah. Yeah. Um, 
I like the limited perspective. Um, yeah. I think the way that the story is told is really clever. Um, now, in the original novel, it was actually the wife and the mistress that trick the husband into killing himself. Oh, uh, so and they can be together? So they can be together. Oh. Yeah. Okay. Um, so that was interesting to, to hear about. Um, but I found both of the actresses sympathetic and yeah. likable. Um, oh, go ahead. Um, I think in terms of production, too, I was just thinking about the DVD. So it is part of the Criterion Collection. Mm-hmm. And the design, I just have to stop for a second, like, is wonderful. Yeah. Like, all the inserts and the menu. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. Like I've said before, I've become a snob about that stuff. But the transfer is beautiful. Like, Yeah. I'm always happy to to get a copy of a movie that's part of the Criterion Collection because it's always just Every time so well done. Perfect. Yeah. Um, and along with that, the cinematography, the use of lighting in this one, mm-hmm. in movie is impeccable. Mm-hmm. Um, also framing. Um, yes. The, the triangles that are formed between the three characters. Yep. And there's one part early on where um, the two women are like, um, they're by the pool and there's uh, a bar that's separating them. And, and this is sort of when they start to get the idea um, that they could team up and maybe take down mm-hmm. um, the husband. And so just the way that that was framed was just really brilliant. And there's constant um, back and forth with like who's wearing white and who's wearing black yeah. as well in it, depending on what's happening with the plot that I noticed that was really great. Um, another scene is when I believe it's after dinner mm-hmm. and there's a confrontation between, um, the husband and wife and there's a shot with a giant mirror in the back of the room. Mm-hmm. And so you see the husband and you, but you see the wife in the mirror and she's very tiny in the mirror and he's like very overbearing mm-hmm. and it switches. Um, when she takes control of the conversation, she gets a little bit bigger. It's, I don't know. It just, it struck me. Mm-hmm. I thought it was really cool. And finally, uh, the absence of music was really striking. Um, I liked, I liked it. It, mm-hmm. I, I think, very few movies would be able to pull off um, building tension without music as a crutch. You know? Yeah, they they do it entirely with character. Yeah, yeah. And so I think it, I think it just works really well. So I'm going to give it a point for yeah. production. I will as well. Okay, monster quality of the film's monsters are frightening, clearly relate to archetypal fears, and have depth. So let's start with the husband, Michel. Yeah. He's uh, a creep. Yeah. Monster. He's just the awful, abusive husband, and um, this is sort of a revenge film for mm-hmm. most of it. And even the, um, the children who are part of the school slash, mm-hmm. is it an orphanage as well? Orphanage slash it's, a, it's an orphanage. Yeah. Yeah. Um, they're, they're just like animals. Yeah. <laughs> Out of control. It is. It's yeah. just chaos. Uh, and that juxtaposed to all this drama happening, like among mm-hmm. the adults is, is really interesting. But he stands out to me as one of the monsters, as the abuser. Mm-hmm. Um, but what do you think? Do you think revenge is a monster too? Uh, yeah. I mean, I, I think it's ultimately, you know, since Christina is really our point of view character, um, you know, she kills the monster early on, or at least she thinks she does. And it's that guilt, 
um, and fear and paranoia that ultimately causes her to die. Mm -hmm. And so, um, yeah, I, I think he was the initial monster and then her feelings afterward were the monster that she ultimately succumbed to. And then mm -hmm. you realize, oh, he's still a monster. Yeah. Because he's still <laughs> um, he just wants to steal her money. Yeah. And, and so it does have like an interesting question about like, is, is this supernatural or is she just paranoid? Mm. And so I like that. And I like how in this movie she was paranoid. Um, it wasn't a supernatural mm -hmm. thing because we often see like in the exorcist or in other movies that try to take a more like realistic approach to the supernatural. It often ends up being something supernatural here. It's, it's not, it, mm -hmm. it was something that was, but you don't find that until the very end. Yeah. You think he's like a, what a zombie or yeah. But so like at her experience was just completely manipulated. And so, um, I I want to give it a point because I think the husband is just thoroughly despicable at the end. And then also her, you know, the, the way that she got revenge and then the guilt and fear and paranoia uh, that consumed her um, throughout, I think, was just expertly portrayed um, and... I thought it was scary and, and, and had depth. Mm -hmm. so. I'm going to give it a point for that uh, just because he's such a creep. Mm -hmm. um, and I do like that. Um, those motifs of revenge and fear and paranoia mm -hmm. um, do bring depth to it. So scare factor. It's always our, mm -hmm. it's always the linchpin of it with yeah. the more classic movies. So the film has clear intent to scare and must be successful in that objective from beginning to end. I would say the last 10 minutes are complete are a complete success. I agree. Um, because that is when it truly feels like a horror movie. Um, before that, there's suspense. Um, I love moments where like Christina is just obsessively watching the pool and then like the pool cleaners out there and you just are waiting for him to like find the body or, or the kid, you know, goes in the pool and you're just like, mm. it's going to happen. And then it doesn't. Um, and so those moments are great, but I, I don't know if that's enough for it to be scary. It's not for me. Like, it, like you said, I, I like, I, or I really enjoyed the last 10 minutes of it, the, the rising out of the bathtub, the whole look of it. Mm -hmm. It was amazing, um, but I think the film as a whole, I can't say that it holds up to our to our rubric and scare factor. Yeah, it's a classic. Are... I mean, it's definitely a foundation for mm -hmm. these types of movies, but I don't, I don't know if it's canon worthy. Maybe honorable. Well, mention. there have been other movies where we have acknowledged that the beginning part of the movie is necessary. Um, to develop characters, to, to maybe not be so scary so that there is payoff at mm -hmm. the end. And I, I do think there is payoff at the end of this movie, but I don't think it is long enough to, to really say that it's from beginning to end. Mm -hmm. Not here. So yeah, I'm, I'm not going to give it a point for scare factor, but I agree. I, I think it deserves a place in honorable mention. Yeah, I do as well. Okay, great.
Well, then let's move on to High Tension, which came out in 2003, directed by Alexandra Aja, written by Alexandra Aja and Gregory Levesseur, uh, starring Cécile de France as Marie and Mai Wen as Alexia. And I want to say one more uh, part to the credits of that. So, because oh, yeah. I looked in this, because I saw uh, in the beginning credits that the editor was Baxter. Do you notice nice. that? No. Okay. So I and then I looked into it. And I was like, who is this Baxter, mm -hmm. <laughs> the Madonna of the editing world? <laughs> right. Um, actually, he is edited. These are some of the top ones that came up. Pills Have Eyes. Oh. Uh, Piranha 3D, hmm. Mirrors, Horns, and Maniac. Oh wow. So he is a. I had never heard of Baxter before, mm -hmm. but horror is a prominent yeah. editor of, of horror. Yeah, I like how the lead actress, her name is Cécile de France. She's of France. I know. <laughs> but it's just like having like, I don't know, Jennifer of America. Like, no, yeah. no one would go by that here. Well, when it's you watched just, it, um, did you did you watch it on Amazon, iTunes? Yeah. What? Did did you have it? Was it dubbed? I don't think there's a version subtitled that is just subtitled. Man, that was okay. Let's talk about production. The dubbing was awful. I don't understand. Well, it didn't match up very well for one. <clears throat> I guess this isn't really the movie part of it, but still, I, no, it was a, it was a choice. It it was distracting, and not only that, but the dubbing was with somebody who is a French actress who has a heavy accent. So why dub it? But why dub it? Because there are chunks it, of the movie that are, are subtitled. Well, I think that are they speaking? <clears throat> this was, what I was wondering, I was wondering at one point too, are, cause I you couldn't hear because of the dubbing. Are some of the characters maybe speaking Spanish and then some characters speaking French? And maybe they dubbed it so they could have the difference between the two. Because if you just dubbed it all, you wouldn't know. I don't know. I, but it was it was distracting. It was bad dubbing. So what I ended up doing is I just turned on the closed captions because I couldn't understand the, the yeah. dubbing as well. Anyway. It, it was annoying. It was bad. Yeah. yeah. It, Even Roger Ebert in his review. Oh, really? Okay, I don't feel as bad. I thought it was being snobbish. Yeah. Uh, no, because sometimes we do have to overlook that if, if there are no other options. Mm -hmm. um, and we were okay with that for Suspiria, but here it's just... But it wasn't even... Good. Yeah, it was worse than Suspiria. Yeah. Okay. Um, so, let's talk about the writing. Do we want to talk about the twist? Well, let's talk about characters first. Yeah, let's, let's go through Let's work up to the okay. twist. Um, the characters are pretty thin. Um... <laughs> like <laughs> wait do you mean there aren't many or because they're also pretty thin they, they they are thinly sketched okay like yeah. you you really don't know much about them um right i think you're supposed to learn about them in that car ride in the beginning the road trip and stuff yeah, but you which really we've don't... seen a few times now it's it's a trope in wolf in wolf creek it works though yeah that's what, when I was watching and this part, even, I was like, Wolf Creek does it better. Even Funny Games, I yeah. thought, worked. Um, but yeah, it, so it, it it didn't really uh, work here. And then, like, the, the moment, the first moment of, like, I don't know, you see the characters kind of joking around is when 
they stop in the middle of the cornfield. Yeah. And uh, the Alexia, Alex, like, gets out. And then Marie follows. Alexia gets back in the car and starts driving. And it is the worst joke of all time. Like, yeah. it, it's just, it's such a cheap way to build suspense early in the film yeah and from that moment the film lost me yeah that was pretty tough i I will say though in the beginning and i wish they had started so take out it's kind of maybe maybe i need to talk to baxter about this okay so take the movie instead of opening with the road trip Mm -hmm. open with the scenic views of the corn and stuff and the sunsets and the skies like it does with the guy's car in the cornfield with the head, you know, open with that and then do the road trip. So, so the first time we see, but then that messes that he, (laughs) he's in his truck and he has a decapitated woman's head. We don't know what's decapitated. You just think he's like a trucker. Well, you learn because he throws the head out out the window. window. Yeah. I like that part. It was fine until you until you think about it. Yeah. Because with the twist, it it makes less sense. Yeah. But moving on. This that's yeah, let's just let No, no, there's still a few things I, I could say about here. Okay. About this. Um gratuitous nudity. Um the there's yeah. a cliche of like people look like as they're being killed they look at the final girl they look at marie and you know that's okay once but like it happens again and again well do you think that's our clue the twist or do you think so how can okay (laughs) how can they be killed by one how can they look her in the eye while they're being killed like if the killer is behind them yeah we're getting it's really close it's problematic well let's talk about the deaths first of all dad had to die in the sunflower robe and that's really disappointing Um, also i don't understand i don't understand the physics of how that death went down yeah um i get there is i think a fear of i I don't know this happened to me when i was a kid and getting your head stuck in the banister like sure but then like (laughs) you didn't have a fear of somebody kicking a dresser ripping your head off yeah and then, how are people in the family still asleep? I, that's like, exactly what I wrote down. That makes no sense. They're moving a bunch of furniture, screaming. Mm-hmm. And then, I mean, what, what I ultimately realized halfway through the movie is that this movie is a series of scenes that have no logical connection to one another. Because, yeah, yeah why, um, let's see. Why? Why is Marie the only one who notices? Yeah, the killer in the in the um, beginning killing the father, or uh, when did or when she tries to call the police and the police is asking for her location? Like, why can she not be bothered to tell the police where she is? Yeah. She just gets frustrated and hangs up. Mm-hmm. It's like that's a rational question. Mm-hmm. <laughs> where um, can or I come help you? The killer can't look. I mean, the killer looks under the bed. But not far enough because she's under the bed. Just like when he's checking the stalls in the gas station, he checks the stalls, but not far enough. Yeah. And um, 
it's or, or like okay so i yeah we we have to talk about the end okay well let me get i have one piece of praise for it that i thought was okay. really interesting and it was the way that point of view is treated in the beginning there are lots of shots behind windows and where you're the voyeur you're the Mm-hmm. like observer of the house and stuff like that. So each a lot of the shots have that build up which I thought was cool. The and then there's a flip to that is that after they're in the house and the killer shows up, then we get Marie's point of view and she is the observer. She's having to watch all the stuff. I thought that was really clever, but that drops off once they get to the gas station. Like that mm-hmm. just stops happening. Yeah. Um and why did the killer kill great. the gas station attendant? What was the point of that? Yeah, because then, like, there was no point. Right, because he he doesn't know, and he obviously talked to the girl before he walked in. Okay, let's talk about the ending. Okay. So she is him, he is her. Marie is the killer. In a split personality something kind of way, disassociated. So, okay, so there's a moment where Alex is like, taken to the truck the killer's truck and marie sneaks in so they're they're in the back of the truck and then the killer is driving them what is really happening like what is objectively happening in that scene what is happening in the gas station she has an accomplice that we didn't we didn't get to see (laughs) how how is she in the room with alex who's tied up on the bed watching the killer go into the cornfield and shoot the son. Yes. It it tries to do the fight club twist, but just not. It completely it's poorly executed. Disrespects our intelligence because yeah. there's no way that we could figure that out on our own. No. Because I didn't it see it doesn't coming. make sense. Mm-mm. Like I I laughed when I when when I realized well the twist was because it is it's the worst twist of all time yeah. like i can't think of a dumber twist to a movie that makes it makes zero sense you just can't connect the dots at all to yeah it. which is why it's it's just a series of scenes that have no logical <clears throat> connection to one so that's i mean that's definitely a writing issue i'm trying to think of other redeeming qualities i like the design well i guess this would be monster quality i like the look of the guy in the beginning he didn't really do much for me. Um, it was kind of... Straight Razor was an interesting choice. It was just... <laughs> yeah. It was just kind of like an... In, like, like like just a generic... Yeah. Silent true. killer. Like I said, Wolf Creek it, does it better. I know. I know. Wolf... It just... I kept thinking back to Wolf Creek and how much better that was. Um, so I'm... I'm not going to give this a point. And it, I would give it a negative point if I could. Of production, yeah. I, I'm not giving it a point either. Other than, like I said, that cinematography, that camera view stuff in the beginning is pretty um, sophisticated. Uh, and I like that. But otherwise, and even the special effects go into that. So this is, you know, it, this is part of like the extremity the subgenre, right? Extremity, yeah. So a lot of those scenes, thinking about the special effects, they were, um, they they made me like, a little squeamish and react like she's pulling the glass out of her foot some of the stabbings cutting off like slitting the mom's throat mm-hmm. that kind of stuff oh my gosh can we talk about the barbed wire hammer yeah that was awesome yeah but it's not enough to redeem it i don't think no um 
That would be a cool prop to have. <laughs> Barbed wire post. Um, so monster quality. Isn't that what the guy from The Walking Dead has? Is it a baseball bat, though? Yeah. Or is it a... Yeah, yeah it, is it is a baseball bat. Same idea, Yeah, I guess. So monster quality, going back to that character design. I agree. He's kind of like blank. I, but I like some of the moments with him. I like the pictures in the rearview mirror. Again, done better in I feel Wolf like Creek. That's generic. Um, I, I think Wolf Creek does a great job of having kind of the blue collar working man killer um, who hates women. Um, and then the home invasion stuff is done better in Halloween and The Strangers. Um, so this movie, I mean, the killer's derivative. And once you realize the twist, it makes no sense yeah um is that it's a huge letdown because you can even say like you can't even say there's something monstrous about marie unless you want to get into her attraction to alex which is not it's not set up to be monstrous at all yeah and and we it never really feels um it, it never really feels earned like you don't there's no depth. Even if she has split personality, I feel like there would have been some some kind of clue about her being so obsessed. And I guess yeah. you could say, like, she's watching Alex shower, and then later in her bedroom, she is thinking about Alex in the shower, presumably. Yeah. But it, even that is not... No, it's not substantial. And, like, in the beginning when she walks in the house, there's some weird awkward tension when she gets into the house, mm -hmm. when she meets Alex's dad. I thought that was off-putting. I was like, why? Mm -hmm. And then I was like, oh, is it because she's attracted to her and she doesn't want the dad to know no. and find out? But, again, it's it's pretty, like you were saying, it's pretty thin. Mm -hmm. um, and the, the, the monsters have no depth like there's a mention of like rednecks around the house and that's it so it just doesn't just doesn't add up this i mean this is a very mediocre monster and then at the end it's an offensively terrible it's monster. two different they're trying to do well and at the end too they do some pretty like I would say hokey. I mean, we guess we could call it an homage, but there's the Chainsaw Massacre yeah. homage at the end. It's set up to be exactly like mm -hmm. that. And then almost like a psycho ending to in the psych ward. And just those movies do it better. Yeah. It's not, it's not an homage because mm -hmm. it, it just comes out of nowhere. Like, what are we going to do for the end? Oh, yeah. do you like Texas Chainsaw Massacre? Let's do that. Yeah. Oh, I like psycho. Let's do that. I know. And, and you run the <clears> risk with, with paying homage to, a classic you're inevitably inevitably going to make the audience compare your movie mm -hmm. to the classic and it just makes your movie look worse i mean yeah they're reaching it just makes team. me want to watch a better movie yeah yeah i know okay so no, yeah no points for monster quality no points for a scare factor it's not i mean no it like I said, I had some I had some moments with some of like the action, the stabbing, the cutting, that kind of stuff. But I needed more substance for it to be successful, mm -hmm. right? Yeah, it just I cannot stress how 
pissed off the ending <laughs> made me feel. And it just tell. ruined the entire experience. Is this for one for me. the diaper? It belongs in the diaper more than any other movie we've seen. <laughs> because even, yeah, okay, so uh, with like Hellraiser 3, it's like, okay, you at least have like the CD monster, like Cenobite. <laughs> something it's like something redeeming. Or even with Friday the 13th, you know, part five, it's like, oh, it's, you know, there's Jason in there. But like this, I, I am so upset at how poorly this film was written and constructed and any of the movies that it um it pays homage to just go see those movies yeah <laughs> say so it belongs in the diaper i would not recommend this to anybody yeah i wouldn't either uh it had uh when i looked on rotten tomatoes at 40 percent, which was surprising after i watched it surprising that it was that high <laughs> yeah yeah yeah, I don't I don't know who would enjoy this movie. Yeah, I don't know either. Kind of flat. All right. Well, one for honorable mention. Yeah. And one it's it's a disappointment also because we've seen an amazing French extremity film, yeah. Martyrs. Martyrs is great. Go back and watch Martyrs. And so there's there's nothing wrong with this genre itself. It's just we pick. We just made poor choices. We we made a really bad. We could have gone to the Louvre, and we went to Holiday World instead. What's wrong with Holiday World? I like Holiday World. That's a bad comparison. <laughs> just saying that, like next to each other, I do like Holiday World. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe um, we were gonna have some nice camembert, and we got Kraft American singles. Okay. Is that, that I, um, it's Friday, John. Yeah. <laughs> it's been a long week. It has been. Okay, so um, that's going to be it for um, our stop in France. Um, so we're, we're really kind of getting to the end of our uh, semester abroad. Just two more stops, and the next one is in Sweden. So um, you betcha. we have... Red, Let the Right One In, and we are going to watch the film, both the original Swedish film and the American remake, Let Me In. And so uh, we'll be doing all three, the book and both movies. Yep. So if you want to check out more episodes and see movies that are not in the diaper, uh, then please check us out on unoyasolstice.com, E-U-N-O-I-A-S-O-L-S-T-I-C-E.com. Follow us on Twitter at the terror test t-h-e underscore t-e-r-o-r underscore t-e-s-t did you know we had that no we do now oh <laughs> on twitter so that we have our own brand okay um so yeah so check us out follow us leave a comment let us know what you'd like us to watch as we get closer and closer to summer break pencils down the terror test is over mm-hmm.